This is Banging on the Drum. West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to episode 44 of Bang on the Drum. We are still doing it. Football season just around the corner. I'm your host, P-Dog. I'm, uh, I'm assisted here by my co-host, M-Dog, and we are missing our Rye Dog today, but we're going to soldier on. Um, how you doing, M Dog? Doing well, doing well. Uh, can't complain. How are things down in the southeast? They are great. So been good stuff. Um, I'll roll right into the show here quick. So I'm just gonna start with the unders and overs. We're gonna have a lot to pack into this, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the nickname the whole the whole show. I'm figuring it out this time. So right, I got it. I got it. I like it. So I'll start with my under since the last episode. So the worst thing that's happened to me in the last week is I found out Talon was not the name of a guy I was talking to uh, on my cell phone. So I've been going to school. And I would get these emails or these messages from like, hey, this is talent. I could have swore they were saying, hey, this is talent. Maybe I've just been looking at it wrong. Mm -hmm. And and it was like, hey, we need you to uh, pay for this before you start classes. And I, and I was like, hey, I'm using my military benefits. They're, they're going to kick in a little bit. Just, just give it some time and we'll have this figured out. And then talent would text me the next day and he would be like hey if you don't pay by today we're going to drop all your classes and I was like no talent don't don't worry uh, I I got my military benefits kicking in so it, it's all going to be covered like we're going to figure this out and then he texts me the next day and I was like to the point where I was annoyed with talent like I was like telling you son of a bitch like I keep telling you the same shit and you keep texting me this stuff I was like give it a day like I already talked to everybody I need to talk to and this stuff's already figured out you don't need to even put your hand in the pot and then I was walking on campus today and I seen like the or not today I this week and I saw like there's like a Talon's bookstore and then there's a Talon's market and like it's like Talon's library so apparently the mascot at our school's name is Talon and they say like Talon support so that was kind yeah. of embarrassing that I was texting, texting back uh, like an <laughs> inanimate thing yeah, yeah. I, I get it but but my kind of funny though yeah no it was it's funny because you think there's some like 19 year old kid running the financial aid office that's name is actually talent yeah no that's a hundred percent what i thought and yeah and he was pissing me off so so now i need to find out who was actually pissing me off behind those things 
Uh, but the thing was, though, he would like respond to me and like not say, hey, like this is like because I because I I could probably get into my phone and roll back and read these texts. But maybe I'll save that for another time. But I swear I would like put Talon comma like and then like type my message like it was kind of like an email and they would never yeah. and they, they would even respond back so it wasn't like just one of those automated messages that they were sending me right but whatever so figured well, that at least out. you know what the mascot's name is now yeah i i guess i could have put it together it was an eagle but like it's still weird that so maybe the mascot's name is Talon and he's yeah. an eagle and we're the eagles. So, or maybe it was the mascot that was actually texting me the whole time. It probably was. Yeah. Probably was. But yeah, other than that, so for my over best thing that's happened to me over the last week. So I got family that came to town. So down in Tallahassee, uh, we don't get too many extra visitors. So when we do, it's a pretty good time. So we got down and we seen the beach. We went to the nearest beach, which is an hour and a half away, um, <laughs> which ain't bad. Like it's like a pretty right. nice drive. Yeah. It's like a pretty drive. And then like, once you get to the beach, it's actually like a small town. It's like having Wilton on the ocean. And for real, like, I didn't think like something like that would really exist. No, I know. That's kind of what I thought. It's probably more like Sparta on the ocean, but like. That's still pretty small. Yeah, yeah. And it's not too like overcrowded or anything because we were going down there on Memorial Day. So I was like, in my head, I was like, this is just going to be like a shit storm of traffic. And like, yeah. and like we were driving down. And I'm like, I don't see that many cars on the road. And yeah, cool. then we get, and yeah, then we get there and the, the beach is pretty wide open. But my sister's birthday happened while she was here. So happy birthday, Emily, if you're listening. I don't even think you listen, but happy birthday, Emily. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday from the squad. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. So it, it was a pretty good time. So and, and my mom's still here. So so good times. Oh, very Ma- cool. Making us lasagna and cookies. So. We're good to go. Yeah. How about you over up in Wisconsin? So last week I talked about my uh, tub that I was putting it in for the weekend, right? That I had plans to do that. Uh, so it took way longer than I expected to. So I was hoping to be done Saturday. Get the tub out and there's water underneath my tub. And so I had to spend the entire day waiting for my floor to dry out just on Saturday, which was pretty miserable. I mean, so I got like a lot of prep work done, which I don't normally do. So had a bunch of stuff done, ready to go. All I had to do was screw a lot of stuff in and like place the tub, which made it a little bit easier on Monday when I got back. I can't remember what I was doing on Sunday, something. And and trust me, I know you don't do much prep work. No, I don't like really at all. Like, so my, I just wing everything in my whole life, like. Oh, like something's going on. Let's do it. Um, Sunday, I was busy doing something. But anyway, this rolls into my other piece that is kind of junky for me. Is that I overscheduled my weekend like really, really badly. So 
sad saturday i had so friday night i have football practice and then saturday i had a oh i was finishing that tub i was that was my whole saturday i was going to finish that tub didn't get anywhere near it because we were, were just waiting for it to dry sunday i have two fantasy football drafts one at um like nine o'clock in the morning no just one and then i'm going camping with my cousin which is good time right get to go camping with my cousin right uh my kids his son we get out there have a pretty good time my kids are terrible but um and then monday i have two more fantasy football drafts and i'm trying to finish this tub that like took just took way longer than i expected it to on top of all that so i was just busy the whole weekend didn't get anything near what I wanted to get done, but the tub is done. So I shouldn't get like too upset about it. That's pretty good too. You had our, we had that interview Monday night with uh, the Vikings guys that you guys are going to be hearing uh, yeah. later in the show. Yeah. So got that. I had, in to, on I, I had to do double duty on that because I was trying to draft and um, do an interview, which I didn't have to do too much. Pat had it pretty well squared away. And then um, P-Dog, get it right. P-Dog, P-Dog <laughs> had it, P-P-Dog had it uh, pretty well squared away. Yeah, and but that's kind I of I did what... get the first four rounds of that draft auto-drafted on me because I didn't pay well attention to when it started. Yeah, that'll happen to you. I, I mind well, like, I only do one fantasy team, but I mind well auto-draft because there's <laughs> much research as i've done i mean we we pay a lot of attention to all the games now that we're doing this so like guys who i see jump out on the the quote-unquote tape that i watch which is youtube videos the the next day is is kind of so that's like all pick so i don't even read into the articles because when i start reading into them like sometimes i don't even know exactly what it means anymore in fantasy football like they're like this guy's a wide receiver two like slash wide receiver three but more like upside of wide receiver one but definitely could be a wide receiver four i'm like yeah what does that even mean and (laughs) they say that about like probably 30 guys Mm -hmm. so I had something else I was going to say about your stuff. So do you think it would be a deterrent if you told your kids they're going to have to light a firework, whoever's the worst kid? So to get your kids to be better, you say, hey, whichever one of you is the worst is going to be lighting a firework out of Papa's butt. <laughs> so I'm definitely not going to do that. I feel like that like sets my kids up to be in Sandridge. Or myself and to be in Sandridge. Like that's a it's a weird one. So <laughs> no just saying. I, I think you're good. I, as long as it's like family and they're your kids, that's so fine. that might make it worse. I don't know. I still think that's on the table. So <laughs> <laughs> they won't know. Not. So you don't think your kid never mind. I won't I won't get into it. So then your wife, your wife has to light the firework out of your butt. Then I've been, I've been like pondering if I have to light a firework out of my butt, um, if I can light it myself, like you know, right? 
No, you told. You were the one that said it has to be your significant other that lights it out of your butt. Are you sure? 100% sure. Okay. We were getting drunker back in those episodes about two yeah. or three weeks ago. So, yeah. Well, you got to get drunk to get through a couple of those episodes in the middle of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it seems like everyone's scared of the punishments now. I kind of leaned into them. Yeah, There's, I don't. I am. I do not want any of them now. Like I think about them, like why are we doing this? I don't get it. But that's all right. We're doing it, Mike. We're doing it for the videos. Maybe we're gonna start putting out more video content. I doubt it, because <laughs> it's like my life, and I think everybody that's probably listening to is like Mike's life with the the tub is you go to do the tub and then you find out the floor's wet and then you're like oh this job that I was going to do that I thought was going to take me 2 hours is going to take me a whole day so that's what we run into on this show a lot especially when it's oh yeah not your job to do it so but yeah so very relatable it's the mites tub uh scenario of life right there but anyways We'll keep her rolling. Oh, sorry. So my overs, I went camping with my cousin. Uh, He's got a three-year-old boy. And then so my three kids went with us, which is pretty good. Um, Kids did all right on the night and then, or the night before, and then the night of camping, right? So slept through okay. It's pretty chilly. Probably got down to like 50. So it's getting a little rough to camp in a tent at this point. But um it was fine, right? So the kids slept mostly fine. But then in the morning, they were just like, let's go home. Let's go home. Let's go home. And I was like, oh, God, this is getting miserable now. But um, And then my battery died on my car because they were in and out of the car so often. And I, and I kept telling them, like, the battery's going to die. And like, and I didn't honestly think it would, but I kept telling them that, you know, it's going to so that they would stay out of there. They didn't care. Kept going in there, and it did die. So it was a kind of a rough morning after camping, but had a had a pretty good time. So it was a uh, pretty cool little thing. I think my cousin and I are going to try to like set at least one up every summer where we go out, just kind of hang out. And then uh, also we celebrated my parents' 40th wedding anniversary. So congratulations, Gene and Kay. You guys, pretty dang good. 40 years. You did um, it. You did it. Yeah. And you guys can just quit now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's over 40 years. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, so we went and saw the band that played at their wedding. They like just by happenstance were playing in Cashton the Wednesday after their anniversary, which was on Monday, no Sunday. Yeah. And um, so uh, their anniversary was on Sunday. And then like this, band was just playing in Cashton like two towns over like four days later that's crazy they were set up for that they're from Cashton and Cashton's like festival weekend is that weekend this coming weekend so but it is a little weird right well it's nuts that they've been playing for 40 years like if they're just like a Cashton band you know like yep yeah uh, and then we went out to dinner and uh, I got a, like a burger that's called uh, the Big McNick or something like that. And it's a 
It's a full pound of uh, hamburger on this thing. It was okay. It was edible. Just okay. The big dick neck. And... Yes, the big dick neck. <laughs> and it was just okay. All yeah, right. I mean, so like just too much actual meat, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it gets to the point where something's over the top. Like, I don't know if I could even eat a pound of burger. I did I did have a buddy that ate like I think it was like eight pounds of food in one sitting and one one of oh, those shit. challenges and one a free like half barrel of beer at the bar. That was pretty sweet. It was definitely yeah. a hero move. And like the whole bar like got behind it cheering for him. It was a good time. Good time. Yeah, and then he couldn't drink one beer. What did he have to do the beer in the same day? No, that was kind of the nice part. But like people yeah. who weren't with us were like buying him drinks and buying him shots. And he was like, I can't do that. And then he made it out of the bar, drove down the street like about a half block and threw up. So yeah, so I think that it I would probably intentionally throw up at that point. Oh yeah. Too yeah, too much. I can't yeah. do I can eat a lot of pizza, but I don't think I can do do an eating challenge. Yeah, I think there's some things I can do on certain days, but like I had already had a pound of cheese earlier in that day, pound of mozzarella cheese, and then I got a, this pound burger. So. Yeah, there's the challenge right there. Eat a pound of cheese and then a pound of burger. Yeah. I mean, it was separated out probably by like three hours, but there's still a lot of food in a three-hour span, I thought. All right. So this is going to be a longer episode. So I'm going to roll into favorites on the fly. Uh, I'm just going to try to give a... Do you got anything before we go to favorites on the fly? Nope. So yeah, favorites on the fly when we run through our favorite teams slash drivers slash... That's it. Yeah. Favorite teams and drivers. We don't do tennis players or golfers this time of year. So we're going to roll into crushing dingers. So the Brewers are four and six in their last 10 games. Uh, they're currently in the middle of a double header where they won the first one. And it looks like they should win the second one. But that being said, they've pissed away a few games late lately. Um, they are. Eight and a half games back of the Cardinals in the central, three and a half games back in the wild card race. They're 72 and 65. Mike, how many games do they have left then? You're the math guy on the show. So they played 137 games. And yeah, so. 162 minus 137. Whatever 25? that is. 25. Yeah, Mike nailed it. Nailed it right on the head. So it's getting to crunch time. Three and a half games isn't insurmountable by any means, but over the last seven games, as a team, they've been hitting 219 uh, on base percentage of two or uh, 272, nine home runs, 27 runs. So 27 runs in seven games isn't going to win you a lot when you hear what their pitching's been doing. Over the last seven games, which has had a 5.52 ERA, 
with a whip of 1.31. Riley really hammers this point home. I don't know if we've ever let him uh, get on, get on the mic and rain about this, but he sure does it in the group chat. But since we traded Hater, he's not wrong. Like the team has definitely been a different team, but we kind of did see that team before the all-star break when we still had Hater and Hater was pitching all right. So I think we went on like a, I think we won or, or we lost seven of 10 going into the all-star break. And then we came out of the all-star break and we won six. We went six and two in those games and then traded yeah. Hater. Um, and then, yeah, the team's just been barely average is what I would say. And I think I didn't do the math on this, but like, we were like 10 games over 500 going in. We're seven games over 500. So since since the All-Star break, you know, we've had a losing record. So that's not going to get you in the playoffs. And if you get in the playoffs, playing like that is bad. But positive news, like Mike so smartly calculated, is we have 25 games left. So that's enough games to get hot. And I think with – the Brewers starting pitching staff, like I say every show, is like I think they got guys that can have games, but tis baseball. Yeah, but uh Peralta got hurt tonight, right? Arm fatigue or something like that. Doesn't help or today in the early game. So I thought no. Burns started the early game. That might have been no, yeah, so so it's probably the second game. He left in early. With arm fatigue, something like that. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see how that pans out because if we have Burns, Peralta, Woodruff, I guess no particular. Well, you go Burns first, probably Woodruff second, Peralta third. Um, I know Lauer's been a little bit shaky, but yeah, but get, if he's a bullpen guy in the playoffs, then yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah, and yeah, you got some wiggle room there um but but yeah definitely need to start hitting better need to start pitching better usually when i do this segment like one or the other is doing all right but both of them are not doing very well right now i think i looked up before last show like the league average team batting averages is like 249 or 251 and like I just said, we're hitting 219. Um, I did look up the team ERAs. I can't remember, but it's definitely lower than 5.52 for the top half of the league. So, so yeah, definitely needs a switch to be flipped. Uh, Riley was big on the – or our dog, Rydog was a big uh, almost made it yeah no i couldn't do it uh big on the the news that came out with kane and i was gonna try to combat it in some way but i'll give it the victory uh and basically what i gathered for it i didn't read the article and just seeing like the reaction is the, the brewer's management wasn't treating people well. And I mean, that's 
just how stuff go. Like to me, like I look at that story. I love Lorenzo Kane. One of my favorite baseball players of all time. I mean, he's probably in my top five behind Bill Hall, now Damian Miller, um, after talking to him. And, I mean, he's just uh, disgruntled. Like, even if he knew the the end was near, like, he got cut in the middle of a season. You know, you're not, you're not going to be happy about it. It's like Zadarius Smith going to the Vikings now and being like, Greg oh, Jennings. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. There's, you can, yeah. There's even like a lot of like just Packer, Badgers, Bucks people that we could probably name. Yeah. And, and, but like most recently, Zadarius Smith leaves the Packers and says it's a shitty culture in Green Bay. And people are like shitting on him already. So I think, like I said, I love Lorenzo Kane, but I think you got to take what he said with a grain of salt that he did just get cut by that team in the middle of the season. He can't be super happy. No. I mean, he can't be. No. Would you be happy? No. Would none of us would be. We would all be pissed. If we got fired, even doing the job that we do now, we'd yeah. get pissed. We'd be mad at the at the facility and not so mad at ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Could he so, have some valid points? Maybe, but we'd also be angry, which would skew our points. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got for crushing dingers. Um, I don't think we got much for driving fast and turning left, but I will let you drive fast and turn left, Mike, because I know you love doing it. Oh, yeah. So uh, the chase for the cup is underway. Martin Truex Jr. is not in. He finished 31st in the race on Sunday, uh, but it's football season. Yeah. I'm done with I'm done with Martin. If he yeah. would have been in the chase, I could have been in it, but nope. Fired on him. I, that is one thing I'm going to look forward to next year is I think Martin's going to make the chase next year. I just uh, got, he's going to win six races at that. I So my biggest hope for the show is that we get a NASCAR guy on that's like on our level of like making content to talk about racing. Because I just don't get how you analyze, like, going into, like, a next season, like, how you think, like, the standings are going to shake out. It's like, I guess you could be like, this This young guy looked like he was starting to get it by the end, so he's probably going to get it. But, like, other than that, like, it was like man, these, this crew just grabbed the fastest tire changer there was, and... And this other crew got, got the best gas filler upper you'll ever see fill up a tank of gas. Like, I mean, maybe I, it's got to be a piece of it, right? No, I mean, and there is there is a lot to racing that I think the average fan. I don't, I don't even know if I would call us average fan because we're not at, we're not fans. I don't think in any sense of the word. If you don't watch a race, <laughs> I don't, and I don't know if any of us have seen even like a lap of a race all year. I think I think you can give me ten laps of. Oh, of good, this very year. good. I do think my brother-in-law. We were visit visiting uh, family down in Iowa, and I think my brother-in-law did have the race on, but I was I cannot honestly say I was watching. Yeah. No. Right. And I think it's like the five hundred or the Daytona five hundred is where I got most of my laps in. 
Nice. And when I when I was still like over ambitious, like I was like, yeah, let's cover a tennis player, let's cover a race car driver, let's cover a soccer yeah. team. But I think I think we'll yeah, speaking of uh next year we'll try to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the harm? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of grunting with Pat, like the the US Open's been going on and I couldn't even tell you the last four left like tiafo or but i know there's no number one seeds left there might be no number one or two seeds left it, it's it's been a crazy u.s open uh, apparently but whatever i don't know enough to touch it so we'll go to the back of the onion bag with riley but riley's not here so all i know about the tots is in a championship or champions league game they won two to nothing. I didn't write Let's down the opponent. Let's go. Yep. So I don't know if they do that over in, in uh, Europe. No, they say. I can't even think of something they would say. Let's say fish and ships. <laughs> another another. Olay. They say Olay a lot, don't they? Olay, 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 Olay. Uh, yeah. Another another round of pins for the boys, but. So I think in Champions League, I did this all off the top of my head. I looked at the score. That's the only thing I looked up. But just from what Riley's been saying the past couple games is, uh, so I think in Champions League, we are 1-0-1. So we tied the first game of Champions League where we should have won is what I was picking up from the R-Dog. And then we won this one. And I think how it goes, and Riley's, or I mean, our dogs explain this extensively, but it's, it's numerous group, times. Yeah, it's group play. So I think there's one more game. So if they can win that game, then they're. But it two, should matter the number of goals we had, too, right? <laughs> I, I don't think they do the whole. James, what's it called when they like. Uh, play how many goals they score and then they play another game, a relegate. I'm asking my Brazilian brother-in-law a question right now. But you know when they play uh, they play games and it's like, so the, the Tottenham won three to nothing, but then they lost the next game. Yeah, but they lost the next game four to nothing. Aggregate. Oh, so it's we, not a we, soccer thing. Yeah, we we could get the Portuguese word, but I think it's aggregate is when they play okay. two games and say if you win the first game two to one, but you lose the second game three to one, you lose out. But anyways, it's like group. You get three points if you win, one point if you tie. Riley's explained it ten times, so I won't over-explain it. I probably explained it wrong, so. It sounds cool in my head. But anyways, Harry Kane, I don't even know if that's the guy's name. I think his last name's Kane, uh, has been a fart monster. He sounds the, right to me. He gets the BJ for the tots. So give that man a BJ. Give that man a BJ. Best job, buddy. All right, Mike, you got anything to add to favorites on the fly before I get into this, this Badger game? No, I think we covered everything. I mean, so we've definitely missed out on our golfers and our 
are grunters, but we're all right. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think that's, that's what our 28, what our 28 listeners follow in for, but we will get into here. I seen, so Mike watched the game. He got his thing. So I'm just going to roll through how the last Badger game went real quick. And then I want Mike's opinion and what he thinks. So first quarter, not off to the fastest start. You would like to see the defense was on the field for the majority of that first half. Probably should have been down except for a big pick six by John Torchio, I think was the name that was called when he got the big pick six. Second half, better, but still not great. Big run by Allen, the 96-yard run. So we had a 100-yard interception return and then a 96-yard run. So it was just basically – Old school records. Oh, really? The 96-yard run was a record. That surprised me at Wisconsin. I I feel like I've seen one of the guys bust off like a 99er before, but – Yeah. I think that um... (laughs) – Uh, is it Jim Ray DK? His catch was like the longest catch in Badgers history, too. When was Where that? The, uh, he ran like, I don't know, he ran like 87 yards or something like that in the third quarter. Really? Like it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah. Do we know it that these announcers looked at all the stats and came up with these? No, we don't have any. They might be just like us. Yeah. It's like, that's a school record. We're going to make it one right now. Yeah, no, that's, that is crazy to me that that many school records were broken one day. The intercept, yeah, even the interception kind of surprises me. Like that it wouldn't yeah, I mean, tie a record or, yeah. and you would think a, a Badgers picked one off in the end. Zone. Like, I mean, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but like you would think that they had a guy. Yeah. According to those dudes. Apparently. So we're going to take take what they say and we'll we'll roll with it. So we got some school records in the game. 96-yard run by Allen. Allen was a record. Third quarter came out humming. Um, did pretty good. Put it on them. I think we were up like 31 to 0 after the third quarter. And then fourth quarter took the foot off the gas, rightfully so. End up winning the game. 38 to nothing. So what did you see, Mike? Yeah, so I think when I was looking at the defense, they just were not getting the stops that I expected, right? Especially against an FCS team. I would have liked to see them never cross the 50. I get that that's not probably super realistic. And uh, we did lose a number of guys from our defense, and we're going to be in kind of a learning curve, right? And so maybe that's something we need from our defense. And I would expect coming up this weekend that they don't get like a number of stops that with it being Washington state and it being more of like a running gun type offense, that things are going to get a little bit wild, you know, like we're going to have to score some points in order to win this, this game coming up. Yeah, no. And, and we'll go over that in the, uh, in the breakdown, but I'm trying to see here real quick in my, in my magazine that I bought that I don't want to put to waste is like what our passing defense was last year. 
And because if we struggle with that, like which we did struggle with in this game, like it, it did look like they could make some throws on us. Our defense was uh, fairly opportunistic. Like we picked it off when we needed to. Yep. And yeah, our passing defense last year was first in the or was fourth in the nation, which kind of blows my mind with like teams coming in knowing that they can't run the ball against us and knowing that they're going to have to pass. But I guess it doesn't hurt that the teams that we're going to play against play a fairly similar type of uh, offense that we do for the most part. So it's not like our scout team has to go out and be too clever, but with Washington state coming to town, the scout team is actually going to have to play a little difference. Cause like you said, they they've been running gun since I can't remember. Yeah. So it was the move. I forget the, the guy that's up there. Leach, Mike Leach. Yeah. Yep. Well, he's not up there. Yeah. He's not up there anymore. They got Jake Decker running the show now. Oh, uh oh, that's not good. Not good at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who that person is, but he must be good. Uh, He he brought the team to a three and three. So he was an interim coach last year. Brought the team to a three and three record. So kind of lit a fire under their ass to make them be average. Yeah. Um, So I think that to some extent, teams knew that they didn't have to score a lot of points against the Badgers. I, yeah, no, I, right? I, and they didn't, they didn't need to like, so I don't think we had many games that were over 25 points. And I, and I would have to like, look at that for sure. But, but yeah, it, it's going to be a different game. We were playing against an FCS opponent. Graham Mertz went 14 to 16 for 219 yards and a touchdown. But that being said, like, he still wasn't that dude to me. Um, Our run defense was great. Our run game was great. But against the pass, we just didn't look that great, I guess, in my eyes at least. Like, it looked like we had holes. We were giving up good plays. We were very bend but don't break. But when you're playing at an FCS school, like, Illinois State, I don't know. You can't. Your Ben should be like to the 45-yard or something. Yeah. Oh, they crossed the 50. We lost. You know, that's a deal like a loss to you. Yeah. But it's hard to complain when you win 38 to nothing. So so yep. we'll we'll move on to the Washington, Washington State preview. Uh, so Washington State is 1-0 this season. Uh, they won a pretty close game against Idaho. I think they beat them 24 to 17, which Idaho, uh, not the greatest of teams. But last year, Washington State was seven and six. Like I said, they were uh, three and three when old Jake Dicker took over. Um, after that, their offense was 81st overall in the country, 38th. Um, so a decent passing game. Um, and then their defense was 30, 63rd in the country last year with it being the 
80th versus the run. So people to watch out for is this Cameron Ward. He's coming from an FCS school in Texas that had too long of a name for me to type down, but I'd never heard of the school. But again, this Cameron Ward was like pretty sought out. One of the better FCS uh, um, quarterbacks. Yeah, because like Ole Miss was gunning for him. And I think what I was reading, he followed like an offensive coordinator, like some sort of offensive coach over to him. Um, but yeah, then Dazon Stribling, Dazon Stribling, good wide receiver, one of the best freshman wide receivers in the Pac-12 they have. So we'll hammer that point home is they do have a competent pass game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Ron Stone was a DN who was first team all pack 12. I don't know how much that says about anything to be <laughs> first, first team all pack 12, but, but they do have a good DN. I think you have like five sacks and like 11 and a half tackles for a loss. And then the last guy to watch out for is DB. Armani Marsh uh, had three picks last year. So, so I mean, maybe maybe they do have a secondary, but I don't think they're going to get too many opportunities to pick off Graham Mertz with uh, the way I see them playing. So my prediction is Graham Mertz goes, I think he, he has 11 completions on 14 attempts for 104 yards and a touchdown and we run it all over them i think the line is the badgers are minus 17 and a half i got the badgers winning 34 to 17 um and just running the ball down their throat so what do you think mike who you got so i'm gonna take the badgers for the win i think that they're gonna work really really hard to control the time of possession but I think Washington State's going to be able to score on them. I think that on if I'm going to be 100% honest and try to make some people some money today, they are not going to cover this game. It's going to be more like 30 to 21. Yeah, I mean, we're on the same page with that. Like if the, the Badgers are actually going to have to make a conscious effort of controlling the ball, which I don't think they did a great job with Illinois State. Because I think if you look – I should have probably wrote it down. If you look at like the time of possession in the first half, first quarter the was real bad. First quarter, yeah. Um, the Badgers barely had the ball in the first quarter. So I assume the first half didn't really go our way. And I, I think if you have that happen to you again, we could have a, I don't know how many years ago when we played against BYU. Granted, BYU was a good team. But it was one of those games where I was like, no, the Badgers will get there. They'll dig their heels in and they'll 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 take care of this. No, they'll they'll dig their heels in and they'll take care of this. And then it just they never did. happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that's gonna happen. I think the Badgers are quite a bit more talented than this Washington State team. But who knows? Who who knows with the Badgers? So like I said, I'm going 34-17. Mike just wrote something on my page that threw me off. 
But uh, 34-17. And what do you got again? Uh, 30 to 21, I think. So not going to cover this week. All right. So I'm just going to, we're going to, this, this section is going to be called let Mike cook. And what Mike just typed on my paper is actually wrong. So in the 2021 to 2022 season, if you look at the top, well, all right, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why we're looking back. We're looking forward, and we're going to go straight to a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I just put this in more for like a reference up. But obviously, if you're listening to this show, you know the Packers won 13 and four last year. What you might not know is we averaged 26.5 points per game, which was 10th in the league, and we gave up 21.8 points per game, which was 13th in the league. So middle of the road defense, middle to the top of the, well, whatever, middle of the road defense, we'll call it. Mike thought I was dumb enough to say that uh, Nathaniel Hackett was, was still our offensive coordinator. So the thing is, I don't understand why we're looking at like the 21 to 22 season. It just, because I want to recap that a thousand times. I feel like, yeah, I did not look at the title. You're correct. I just jumped in. So what we are going to do now is what you're going to hear after this part is our interview with our, our Vikings correspondents. And what we are going to do now is I'm going to ask Mike all the same questions that I've already asked these guys. And this segment is called let Mike cook about the 2022, 2023 season. So we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And it's going to be pretty simple questions. Just, yeah, we'll just go for it. So, Mike, what, what do we lose on offense? I, I, so the big thing we lose is our offensive coordinator. And then we also lose Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams kind of holds the entire wide receiving room together. I guess your coordinator is doing a lot of stuff to make sure that the game is ready to go. But I think Matt LaFleur is running the offense more than hack it was so i don't know that that's a big loss i do think Devonte adams is a big loss that could be covered up mostly by decisions made from aaron Rodgers, right so if he decides to be very very safe and um, do a lot of check downs and make really really great decisions we can cover up the fact that Devonte adams stopped now can we replace Devonte adams i don't think so but I think we can make it look not as terrible as everybody thinks it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be this like crazy, crazy bad environment in their wide receiver room and that they're going to be just trash. I think they'll be still an above average wide receiver, even without Devontae Adams. And when you're talking about the room, though, do you think like the room really would have fell apart like with Devontae Adams leaving when you still got a guy like, Randall Cobb there. Granted, he's not like the talentedest guy, but he's anymore, but he's seen how a Super Bowl winning wide receiver room looks, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that the room falls apart in like culture wise. Yeah. So I don't know that. I mean, maybe Devontae Adams ran the culture inside the wide receiver room, but I'm not positive that he would have. I would assume so because he's just 
like the alpha dog of the room. Like, you know, there's right. no one that could tell him shit. I have no clue. I don't know. We're all speculating here. But right. yeah, I, I just want to make sure you weren't talking about like, oh, we think the culture of the room is going to go down because of the. No, I don't think the culture of the room went down. I think the talent is only went down. And, and yeah. I've heard some people say, like, but you have uh, Dobbs and you have Watson. I think as rookies, there's a real possibility that they come out and they're not great. And it doesn't mean that they can't be great wide receivers in the future. I know that I know people that did not want to see Devontae Adams make it through year two. They thought they should cut him. And he turned out to be, if not the best wide receiver in the league, he's in the top three or four. When's the last time we've had a real breakout wide receiver as a rookie? Can you even think? No. Because so Driver, Driver took time, Nelson Driver took was time. a six-round pick. He might have been lucky to get on the field, honestly. Uh, Jordy wasn't, like, great. J- I don't remember James Jones being great. I don't remember Je- maybe Jennings. Jennings, Javon Walker, maybe. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Sterling Sharp. Javon Walker. But, but yeah. Yeah, so, so our wide receiver room took a hit. Our offense has taken a hit due to the fact that, like, we lost one of our best players, right? And I don't think he's in the top. I don't think he's in the top two, right? So you didn't lose Aaron Rodgers and you didn't lose David Bakhtiari, who I think are our top two offensive players. Aaron Jones is right there with Devontae Adams, in my opinion. You know, so we still have good skill position players. We just don't have that elite level wide receiver that we did last year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hard to say your offense. But actually, let's just get to you. We're letting Mike cook. So, like, what do we gain then? So I think what we we gain for the most part is um, Bakhtiari and Jenkins being back healthy. And I think with that being the case, um, if they can come back and play in a full-time role and play the majority of games for the season, our offensive line is going to be really, really, really good. And so I think that's what we got. Right, which is not really a real addition. We have guys that potentially in two or three years can be really high-level wide receivers. I don't expect them to be high-level wide receivers this year. They can contribute, but they won't be high-level. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be interesting to see Rodgers play with hopefully a fully healthy line. Like if the line can stay healthy, and then if that line's healthy, we're going to have one of the best run games in the league. Like we were talking about before, is like not only is he one of the most talented, if not the most talented guy, he's got the mental skill to know, like, hey, what's going to win his games? I don't think Rodgers is out there right now being like, I need my numbers. Like, so he's I, like, he needs his Super Bowls. Like, if, it, if it's anything in the ego thing, yeah, I yeah. need my Super Bowls. So, and I would say that he hasn't been chasing numbers the last three years right so he's not throwing for 4,500 yards you know I mean he might be I don't know what his actual numbers are but he's not like leading the league in yards like he was in 2010 11 and 12 you know back in the day he was throwing the ball all over the place and like really had huge numbers it's because he had to too like those those teams 
the Super Bowl team, sure, we had like a, a pretty opportunistic defense. We had a lot of star power around places. But yeah, Rodgers, if we didn't have Rodgers, we weren't winning that Super Bowl. I don't no. I don't think no. many, many quarterbacks take that team to a Super Bowl and win it other than Rodgers. And then maybe you're Brady and then maybe you're Peyton Manning. Yeah, there's probably some guy like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, guys who have a, like at the time, like a ton of arm talent might have been able to do it. But we didn't have like a big time running game. We had a guy step up late in the season with James Starks. And, yeah. But we didn't have a like a huge, like dominant running game. All right. So hard line question here. Are the Packers going to be better or worse on offense? And Mike, let me show you why I copy and pasted this in here. So we were, we scored 21.8 points a game last year and we were 13th in the league. Are we going to be better or worse than that? I thought that was the 10th. 13th was the defense. Good call. Yes. Okay. We were. Are we going to be better than 10th on offense in the league? We're going to be in the same range. We're going to be between 8 and 12. If you want me to tell if, you, if I'm going to be, we're going to be better or not. Uh, let's say we get eighth. We're better. All right. Are we um, going to be better on points? What is it, 26 something? 26.5. Yep. We're going to be at 27.1. I think it's going to be pretty similar to what we what we did last year. I like it. And when we were talking about when we were talking to the Vikings guys, I don't know if I'm even going to use the term that they use right, but like addition by subtraction. So my little spin on this, and this is the most optimistic person spin of all times, is that we don't have Devontae Adams that we're going to constantly be forcing the ball. Like I think I've said in the past is like, obviously you'd rather have Devontae Adams on your team than not. But I think on third downs and big plays, like when you got a guy like that that you know you have to get the ball to, I think it can almost kind of hurt you because everyone knows where you're going. And granted, he's good enough to let people know, you know, like they knew the ball was coming to him and he was still able to make plays. But in like we saw some plays in in the preseason game that in a couple of preseason games where like we got a ball picked off because the receiver didn't hold the ball the way they should, right? It, it was I guess in my mind, the receiver's fault because he has the ball in his hand and then the defender takes it out of his hand. I don't think Devontae Adams is going to run into that yeah. too much, right? Where these guys still need to learn some of this stuff. Now, Randall Cobb doesn't need to learn this and Sammy Watkins doesn't need to learn it. And Alan Lazard doesn't. But some of the other guys we're going to throw the ball to, they still need to learn some of that stuff. And what do you think of this take that uh Tanyan is gonna blow some minds this year. Uh I don't have much faith in that to be honest. Well, okay. what was his injury? It was a bad one. Like an uh ACL? I don't I think it was more of a knee thing, but I'm gonna fact check this one. Well, that would be your knee. Your ACL runs behind your knee. But I think it was more of like uh uh, so my attitude towards Tunyon is that for the most part, like I don't see him being wildly athletic or this elite level guy. 
could he be that? Yeah, I guess. Like he could do what he did in 2020. Like that's a pretty unique season. You know, he caught a lot of touchdowns, didn't catch a ton of yards type of thing. Um, hopefully, you know, it'd be great if he boosted up and we figured it out. I'd be, I'd be really cool with that, but I'm not sure that that's what'll happen. I don't have a lot of faith in Tunyon being that guy. And you were right. It was a ACL injury. So I was hunting that down pretty hard, but. And so he could come back and be just fine. Like for the most part, he could like, I don't know. I haven't heard anything one way or the other on it that like, he's like showing out camp or anything like that. So. I just don't see his season as repeatable from that 2020 season. The healthy season. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I did see from my quick Google search of the injuries, like Rogers says he has faith in him. It sounds like yeah. he's physically and mentally all right. But yeah, it would be a tough, tough season to replicate. And obviously the green bay side of things you know you're gonna say like oh yeah he looks great you know (laughs) right it'll be great but even i want to say the year that he was having a good year there was reasons why he wasn't in all the time like it was mercedes lewis and things like that but let's switch the other side of the ball mike so what do you think we lost what what would make us worse on defense this year if there was something to make us worse uh, so I think you you lose like a pretty good leader in Zadarius Smith. I think people want to like dump on him for what he was, but I I think he was a pretty good leader while he was with the the Green Bay team. That's the way it felt to me as I would listen to things and the way him and Preston Smith would interact. I think that he was a good like team guy. You know. Uh, I know something's been made about him not being voted a captain while he was with the Packers one year or something like that. I don't know. Seems weird, but maybe like maybe he doesn't mesh as well as like the media made it out to seem. Uh, and he didn't play a lot last year, so I don't know that that's a huge deal. Uh, we did lose Kevin King, which I think a lot of people think is a blessing, right? That. He's gone. That's an addition by subtraction. I don't agree with that. I think that Kevin King is a serviceable corner. Is he a number one corner? No, but we don't need him to be a number one. We don't need him to be a number two. We don't need him to be a number three. Last year, he was probably our fourth corner. To have Kevin King as your fourth corner, I think is really like something good. Uh, We also lost, uh, I want to say, Bennett, and that ain't right. Merciless. We lost uh, Merciless, and I think he's a guy that could at least spell your defensive end and like give him a break. And so, just some depth at some of our key positions, I think, has to be filled in by guys that you know, aren't proven, which is okay. And that brings me to my favorite question of this is what do you think we gained and why do you think the Packers will be better on defense? Uh, so I think we just gained more experience really. And then we all obviously gained some pieces, right? 
from the draft. We, I mean, so we temp, spent two first round draft picks on defensive players, another middle linebacker that will allow Campbell to be, do more things successfully, I think. And then we have, um, geez, Wynn, Devontae Wynn, right? Sure. I, so we have Win, and like, I think that he makes Kenny Clark better in the middle of the defense. I think he's going to make us really solid there. I think probably the thing that we're going to be hurting the most on in, in the defense is our safety play. Our safety play is just thin. It's not bad. It's thin, right? Yeah, and I just think our safety play is a little bit thin, but that's part of the reason that you drafted a middle linebacker, so you don't have to play so many three safety sets. Yeah. And all I've heard about Quay is, you know, that it looks like he's a beast. I mean, he played on one of the best college defenses to ever step on the field. If you're a middle linebacker in that system, like (laughs) you just think of guys of the past, like your Ray Lewis is played on the best, best defense in the country. You got your, so I did screw it up too. It's Devontae Wyatt. Not yeah, why? I was yeah. I was just looking. I did not look. I just remember. So. so yeah, no, you're good. You're better than me when it comes to depth chart stuff. So so and yeah. So we I also mean, drafted a guy by uh, and I can't say his name. Enig uh Kingsley Enigbare, who is a defensive end, who I think can help spell both both Preston Smith and. Gary, so Rashawn Gary, and he it, seemed to play pretty well in the preseason. Yeah, and then you got returning Savage, Amos, Amos Stokes, Alexander, Gary, Campbell, Smith, Clark. Yeah, Lowry. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that was a good point. It's probably the better part of it. It's not the pieces that we added. It's the pieces that we kept that are still going to be. Yeah. Yeah. That we just got a little bit more experience for a couple more guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are they going to be better than the 13th ranked defense or worse? So I'm going to throw out a spicy meatball here. They're going to be the number one defense in the league this year is my, is what I think is going to happen. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm very confident around the Packers defense. I think also it doesn't hurt that you're. I think the Lions are going to be a little bit scrappy this year. I think the Bears are going to be not very good this year, and it's nice though that you get four games or yeah, four games against those guys. Total. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, so that never that hasn't hurt us in the last few years is playing in a division that the teams can't figure out how to win that that's been beneficial for the Packers to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's a consensus thought. So hopefully it's a consensus thing that the Packers are going to be better on defense next year. This year it started. It has begun. Yeah, it has. Um, but this is the big question. This is the, the question I don't like is, are we going to be better or worse on special teams this year? 
I guess it's hard to be too much worse than we were last year. So do you think we will be competent on special teams this year? So I would assume that Crosby figures it out. Like if you, if the Packers decided to keep him, I think that he's going to kick better. Right. Um, Amari Rogers has another year under, he has a year under his belt that should in theory make him better at doing that job. Right. Um, I don't know that we went out and drafted a guy that could easily replace him. Right. Otherwise they would have just like, it could have been the easiest, like we're moving this guy because he didn't look good here. Like they could have easily done that. They chose not to do that. They chose to keep, Rogers there, so he must be making some steps of some sort. Yeah, Crosby. However, but yeah, no. Yeah. Points I, I mean, that's that's my assumption. And then I would imagine that they decided that they needed to keep more special teams type guys than they have in the past. Right? Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason you have seven wide receivers on your team. It's because a couple of those guys can play special teams effectively. Was it seven wide receivers and four tight ends too? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are, you know, two of those got two of those tight ends are special teams guys, and three of those wide receivers you would hope are kept on the team for special teams. Well, but, so if you say three of the wide receivers, that means Dubs or or Dobbs or Watson falls into that more than likely. Because then you have Samori Tori and then you have Amari Rogers outside of the three that we think are probably the starters. Yeah. And I guess I'll pay more attention to it to this year is like the gunners that you have. And I guess like for gunners, I think you would probably keep more cornerbacks slash like defensive guys. But I mean, it depends on your mental attitude as a wide receiver too. Right. So some wide receivers are just super physical, like, like a Sammy Watkins probably would have been really good at like a gunner position because he seems like a physical guy on top of the fact that he's super fast. Yeah. You know, like maybe not anymore, but when he was young, he was an elite level physical pick. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll see who we have starting on special teams. But yeah, when you look at the roster um, or whatever the depth chart, it's just Mason Crosby, Pat O'Donnell, Amari right. Rogers returning kicks. So hopefully he figured out something. Yeah. Returning kicks. And well, and we 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 spent three draft picks on wide receivers, and Dobbs and Tory are two of them, right? So they're later round picks. You could have easily taken guys that are more like special teams specialists, like kick returner type guys, if you wanted to replace Rogers, especially yeah. with the Tory pick. No, and I think he's going to be all right back there this year. More experience. He'll probably be number four in the whole league. Efficiency. There we go. All right. Last. Probably not accurate. Last Packers question here. Are we, so I guess the only way to ask this, are we going to be the one seed or are we going to be less than the one seed this year? Uh, And so I, like most years I have like a, pretty solid prediction on the way the Packers will go. I had looked at their season and like broke it down to some extent um, to wins and losses. Like I looked at the actual schedule and said, this is a win. This is a loss. This is a win. This is a loss. Right. Um, 
I would imagine that we get 13 wins again. Four losses is fine. Um, I didn't look and like say, oh, this is a trap game. This is where we're going to struggle. Um, we're going to San Francisco on a short week after we played, you know, the Vikings. I don't know that that's accurate, right? But, I'm sure we had an episode where we picked <laughs> picked all the Packers games and we picked them to win every single game. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure we did. I think they can't. Like, I think every game. I, I don't think there's a team that's not beatable. Yeah. Right. So I think every team we face up against is beatable. But I think you're going to run into times when somebody's hurt or somebody is, um, or a couple guys are out in the deck is stacked against you a little bit. Um, you come off a Monday night game and you're going into Sunday on a short rest. You have a, you know, or you have a Thursday night game against a tough opponent and it's going to cause you to get a loss. You travel to England for the first time and you don't like, you don't prepare correctly and you get a loss over there. There's could be a lot of things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Vikings are always tricky. Bears Super Bowl is against the Packers. So if they're going to show up to a game, Detroit Super Bowl is against the Packers. We run into those guys two times a year. So definitely. Yeah. And like they got a win against us last year. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. Kind of game we didn't care about, but still they got to win. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I don't think they get that win if the Packers don't have the one seed locked up already. But, right. But whatever. Yeah. No. We'll, We'll give it to you. So from there, we're going to drop you guys in to our interview with Vikings Uncensored. These guys were awesome. Um, a pleasure to have on the podcast. The So we had Lance and Rhino from the Vikings Uncensored podcast. And they just give us like an honest breakdown of what they think the Vikings are going to do this season and give us a little recap of how they think the Vikings Packers game week one in Minnesota is going to go. So hope you enjoy these guys because I sure enjoyed having them on the show. Like I I thought they were very cool. I thought it was going to be a little bit more contentious. Yeah. And like, yeah, and no, they were fun. They were like, no, whatever you guys need, like, let us know, like, if you got tips, give us tips. If we got tips, we'll give you tips. So yeah. it sounds like we're going to be in a touch. And you'll hear in the interview, we we make a bet. Um, and hope you guys enjoy. Now, welcoming to the show. We're trying something new this week. Uh, we are bringing on the guys from Vikings Uncensored, Rhino and Lance, and they're going to give us the Vikings perspective of the season that's coming up and how they're doing. But how are you guys doing? Thank you so much for coming on. Doing well. Thank you uh, guys for having us on. We uh, we always enjoy this kind of stuff. So uh, we were happy to get the invite. Absolutely agree. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no. And you guys responded quick and I appreciate that. So this should be pretty fun. So we usually have three guys on. Uh, we just have Mike and I today. But I did not let Mike see the trivia question. So you guys aren't going into a buzzsaw here. But <laughs> it's going to be Packers versus Vikings uh, NFC North trivia. So we're going to okay. start with Rhino and Lance. And the first question of the trivia 
is what was the NFC North previously called before it was the NFC North? Well, I know this one. Can you take, go ahead, Lance. Uh, the NFC Central. All right. One for one. So I didn't really explain this too good. So we got 10 questions. You guys each get five. Whoever, whoever wins gets the bragging rights. I think I got a lightning round at the end too. But so Mike, for our Packers, you're representing, you're representing Wisconsin on this. Uh-oh. What year did the NFC Central change to the NFC North? It's got to be 94. Nope. Very wrong. 2002. <laughs> so, so it didn't uh, change when the Panthers and the Jags came in? No, we're talking about the central to the north. It's when the Bucks left. Yeah. No, so I understand that, but I thought the extra team that made it to 32, which oh, I get what you're saying, or was those two, but it must be the Browns, huh? Could be. Yeah, I didn't look that far into advance. I just, I just knew it was once the Bucks left the division. So. Yeah. I was hoping I was going to get who left. I knew that. Yeah. No, I did set you up to for the tougher first question. But here for the Viking guys, this one might be a tough one for them to answer. How many Super Bowls have the Green Bay Packers won? Four. All right. So easy, easy question there. So, Mike, how many Super Bowls have the Minnesota Vikings won? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> oh, nailed it. Oh, man. I feel like we got set up on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Now, for the Vikings, guys, how many Super Bowls have the Green Bay Packers lost in? I'm going to say two. You got an answer, Rhino? It's what more than get- two. I think it's one been the last or there's. Yeah, one, two. Super Bowls. I'm not saying yeah, not, how not many championships. times have we yeah. got crushed in the NFC championship. <laughs> right. No, but I'm just I'm just trying to think of Super Bowls. Uh I'll say three. So it's only one, only versus the Broncos in uh 98. So okay. other than that. All right. So Mike, how many Super Bowls have the Vikings lost in? Four. <laughs> okay. We'll keep her moving. We're so, losing our guys here. We're losing. <laughs> so this is seven. Um, who has won the most NFC North slash Central? And before that, it was the Western Conference Championships. So since 1966, who has won the most NFC North? We'll call it NFC North Championships. Oh, the Vikings. Yep. Do you know how many? 20. 20. Nailed it. So that almost is a two-pointer there. All right, so in the NFC North, these are going to be more NFC North specific. So since the league changed to the NFC North. Okay. And they're still, these are pretty easy softball questions for you guys. So, Mike, who has the most passing yards since the NFC North has been created? I assume it has to be Aaron Rodgers. Yes. All right. And then Vikings, guys, who has the most rushing yards since the NFC North has been created? Uh, would have been Adrian Peterson. Yep. Crushed it. And then Mike, who leads the all-time series and wins the Packers versus the Vikings? It's got to be the Packers. Yep. 63 to 55. So I didn't keep track oh, of that. Oh, the Homer pick there. Yeah. 
So I didn't keep track of the points too good, but I think the Vikings guys got them all. So Mike, you lost that one. We're not going to do the lightning round. So I'm going <laughs> to cut cut to what we brought uh, Rhino and Lance on here for. And we are a very biased podcast. So I kind of, awesome. yeah. So we get, we get some complaints. I mean, we got like 30 people who listen. Oh to this. man, you guys are right up our wheelhouse, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Good. no dinner for schmucks tonight. Awesome. There we yep. go. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, we get some complaints that say, Hey, like give us, give us a true perspective. And so the Packers, the Vikings are going to be squaring off in week one. And we want some real Vikings fans to give us some perspective on the team. Who so, better than Vikings uncensored? There you go. Better. Absolutely. And yes, and definitely check these guys out if you're a Vikings fan. I think we have one Vikings fan that listens just because he's a friend of ours. So Brent, awesome. check him out. Um, I listened to an episode. You guys do a good job. I was saying beforehand, sweet intro and pretty good production value. I, if I say so myself, I appreciate Thanks, that. Man. So we will start it off right away. So it's a big change in the coaching staff there in Minnesota. Um, what do you guys think of the new regime that Minnesota brought in and what, what do you think, I guess, pushed that ultimately? And what do you think this regime is gonna, gonna strive on? We can we, talk about this all day, honestly. Yeah, and, we, and actually we have, but um, it, this is very welcome change and very badly needed change. Yes. Um, the last couple of years of Mike Zimmer, it uh, things got bad and they got, and a lot of us didn't realize how bad it actually was until stuff started coming out after both he and Rick Spielman were let go. Um, I know the national media has talked about this some, but Zimmer and Spielman allegedly hadn't even talked to each other in like six months. It was Zimmer was Zimmer was holding players in the doghouse. He was, you know, just for no other reason that, you know, Spielman picked a guy and Zimmer wanted somebody else. So a lot of the young guys weren't getting a fair shake as, as a bunch of us have liked to call it there. There was a gloom that was, just hovering over this team that when the two of those guys were shown the door and the new regime with uh, general manager, Quasi Adolfo Mensa and head coach, Kevin O'Connell have come in the way the players are talking, the way all the media guys that, you know, have been at training camp and everything, it's an entirely different atmosphere. It's just like the fog is lifted and it's a completely 180 from what it has been the last two, three years. So. Yeah, and you guys definitely needed that because it does seem like the Vikings have been a fairly talented team. I mean, the defense seems like it's been a little bit down the past couple of years, but I mean, with the weapons you guys have on offense, but I'm going to let you guys do more of the talking about that stuff. But, you know, they just seem like what what is the issue in Minnesota like where there, there was definitely some dysfunction? I mean, um, There was a coordinator that just came out this last week and his quote, unquote, was Satan is gone. The devil has left the room. He looks for. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was the quote. Yeah, that, that was a coordinator who worked for my under Mike Zimmer while he was here. They, you know, anonymous. Don't we don't know who it was. Things but... got really ugly towards the end. Um, as far as fans go, we uh, uh, me and Rhino anyways, 
we've been we've been done with that regime since uh, let's say at the far, you know the latest 2019 you know um t- a lot of people say 2017 um but uh it's gotten pretty stale yeah we I mean we've actually made the comment before that that wild card playoff win that we had against New Orleans in 2019 may have been the costliest win in team history because had we lost that Mike Zimmer probably would have been gone after that right but instead being being he won you know we uh were ended up dragging things out for two more years after that so yeah that is tough and that's kind of how I mean maybe this is a bold take on my uh, on my self but like with Kirk Cousins is you know he's a good quarterback but he's just not great and he's just kind of too good to let go but not good enough to to take you guys to the Super Bowl and put you on his back to do it like he's gonna need some talent around but like I said I'm gonna let you guys talk sorry I tend to it was a good take no, yeah like, and it's it's definitely a fair take um you know there's been that very discussion, you know, in amongst certain factions of the Vikings fan base as well, you know, that, you know, Kirk is very Kirk, polarizing here amongst, amongst the Vikings fans. Yep. And you a lot of it, him or you hate him. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, when he, he had the first fully guaranteed contract when he came in, you know, and the, the amount of salary towards the cap. Now with that, we've still been able to, you know, fill in holes and stuff like that. Some of it is, uh, dumpster diving for bargain basement free agents and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the one thing with Kirk that, you know, we've always said now with, with Mike Zimmer, Zimmer and cousins didn't get along. They didn't like each other, but now with Kevin O'Connell coming in, we have a guy who is embracing Kirk, who is, you know, pushing him to be better. So the excuses should, as far as we're concerned, are all gone. Now, if cousins is ever going to be, that quarterback to take that next step and get into that upper echelon. The time is now for that. Yeah. It's now or never. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. You cut the bullshit and get ready to go. And Mike kind of had a similar take to what I heard on the last episode that I listened to you guys is like Kirk cousins contract is actually starting not to look that bad anymore. I mean, it looked awful when you guys first did it, but now with the money that's getting dished out at the quarterback position, I mean, it looks like a almost fair contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, that. that's the way all quarterback contracts are going to look moving forward. Is even if you get signed for six, seven years, by the time it's done, those are going to look normal. At the very least, they might not look like cheap, but they're going to look normal. Right. right. So maybe you guys had some foresight on your side. All right, we'll get into it. So I'm going to kind of do a, I guess chronological wouldn't be the right word, but we're going to go offense, defense, special teams. And what I'm going to be asking is, so what what did you guys lose on offense? What did you guys gain on offense? And do you think the offense is going to be better or worse than last year? So, sorry, I just jumbled all that up. So what, no, what, did, what did you guys lose on offense? Um, I guess the biggest thing probably is uh, an addition by subtraction thing. It goes in back into the coaching, like we started talking about. Last year, we had Clint Kubiak, who son of, son of Gary Kubiak. Uh, Lance and I affectionately cons- or, uh, referred to him as Coloring Book Clint because the offensive playbook was basically l- like it was written by a five-year-old, it seemed like, for a lot of the times. <laughs> he, uh, you know, 
And it's not a knock on Kubiak. He right. Just, he just wasn't ready to be an offensive coordinator. And a lot of it might have had to but, do with Mike Zimmer as well and just the, the power, you know, struggle mm-hmm. there between him and everyone else on the staff. Yeah, drawing his plays up with Kranz there. Run, run, yep. run, run, pass. <laughs> the biggest accomplishment was when he didn't eat all the crayons before the before the playbook was <laughs> yeah. over. All right, so that's you guys. Purple's my, the best tasting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so addition by subtraction is kind of what you lost there. Um, so then gaining. Maybe I was too dumb to handle the answer to that question. So. That, that's kind of what you're saying is uh, getting rid of Kubiak is kind of you lost and then you also gained that offensively. Yep. Okay. Now, I guess a couple of other spots maybe. Um, you know, la- last year we, we lost tight end Irv Smith in the preseason, didn't have him for the entire year. Now he's been battling some a th- thumb injury in pre- training camp this year, but he's on track to play week one. So, you know, we we've been – waiting for him to show his full potential since he's been in the league, but he's with the injuries and stuff, he hasn't really had that opportunity. So now he has that. Um, of course, we still have Delvin cook, uh, the aforementioned Kirk cousins, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, you know, who are, you know, at least in our, my opinion, you know, one of the best wide receiving duos in the league. Rising uh, prospect in Osborne. Mm-hmm. Um, recently acquired Jalen Rieger from the Eagles, which is interesting, by the way. Yeah, um, we actually cut our number four wide receiver in, and then traded for Jalen Rieger, um, Amir Smith-Marset, who now went to that team over in Chicago that both of us hate. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page with that one. <laughs> but uh, and and that's another thing you know, is kind of showing with this new coaching staff and. Uh, GM and administration is if they see a spot where they think they can be better, they're not afraid to pull that trigger. Um, in the past, Rick Spielman always had that tendency to, if, even if something wasn't working right, he'd double down on it just because he was too stubborn to admit that he was wrong. And he was gonna try to, yeah. Yeah. Like Lance mentioned, when uh, Irv Smith got hurt last year, you know, we traded a fourth round pick to the Jets for uh, Chris Herndon. And we got a grand total of four catches and one touchdown out of him for that fourth round pick. So rough, rough stuff there. So if you guys had to look at your crystal ball or your magic eight ball, I guess it wouldn't be a magic eight ball. So your crystal ball will say, are the Vikings going to be better on offense this year or, or worse? I think much better in my opinion. Um, it's going to be opened up a lot more, a lot less predictable than what it has in the last 10, 12 years, you know, even dating back before Zimmer was here. Um, you're going to see a lot more passing, which could be scary because you haven't seen that in Minnesota for a long time. Um, and we got some good playmakers over here. We got a lot of tools on this team that if O'Connell can get this offense humming, it's going to be quite dangerous. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of hard to find a better duel than Justin Jefferson and Thielen there in Minnesota. So yeah, you guys definitely do have some weapons and then cook. So all the big names. So it's just the pieces around that. I guess you got to find. I mean, our biggest Achilles seals, obviously, I mean, is our offensive line. That's what it is right there. You know, 
Uh, I believe the pieces are in place at tackle and, and guard right at this moment, but the big question mark is center. And that's, you know, you can't have your center going into your quarterback's lap yeah. every single pass play. He will be when they're playing the Packers. So don't, yeah, don't, we're well, don't we're worry well aware about of that situation. So <laughs> yeah. um, Garrett Bradbury has been a point of contention on our show for the, you know, we've t- been talking about it ever since the off season began, you know, that we wanted to find somebody, you know, better at that position. And I know they're, I'm guessing that they're thinking that, Bradbury can have kind of a resurgence just like uh, Allen did in Los Angeles when O'Connell was still there. You know, he kind of had that same issue as Bradbury did to start with. And then last year had a pretty good season. So I hope they're right, but I'm going to withhold judgment on that until I. uh, By all accounts at this point, it doesn't look that way. (laughs) No. Okay. So let's flip it to the other side of the ball. This, I don't, from a coming from a Packers perspective, looking at the Vikings, I don't think offense is going to be your issue. This is where I'm going to see uh, where you guys' issues come out. But what do you think you guys lost on defense from last year? Our defense was so bad last year, we really couldn't lose much. Yeah, it was a dumpster team. fire. You know, last couple of years. Um, we, I guess, as far as players that we lost, you know, we we let Anthony Barr go, who <laughs> had was at the point where he's been injured the last couple of years uh, battling, you know, to a point where this chronic knee injury and things like that, that uh, really, I guess, in my opinion, anyway, wasn't a a big loss. I know you guys would be happy to see him gone, but. Yeah. Screw that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, you look at our defense last year and this is, was the pure indictment on why one of the reasons why Mike Zimmer needed to go also, you know, he was, supposedly this defensive guru in the last two years, you know, we've been like 27th and 29th in the league in defense. I mean, we gave up the most points within two minutes in the first of the, the last two minutes, of the first half, last two minutes of the second half since the league merger, when the AFL and NFL went together. There are some year. really ugly stats that concern that. Yes. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it was bad, but you know, Things look a lot better th- this year. Um, you know, we, uh, it's horrible with the the switch to the three four with Ed Donatel coming in and uh, mixing things up. Uh, we have a healthy Daniil Hunter back. Uh, we have Zadarius Smith. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, then you of course can have, we, you can have him. <laughs> we'll see. We we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see after week one what they what they think about that. But yeah. um, and then we all we also brought in Harrison Phillips from. Uh, Buffalo, who uh, is in, poised for a big year uh, playing up and he'll switch back and forth between nose tackle and defensive end on the three, four. And, uh, you know, on the back end, of course, we still got Harrison Smith. We've got uh, yeah Cam, Cam Dantzler, who's uh, another year under his belt and actually, for the most part, played pretty well last year. A um, bunch of other new guys. Uh, Andrew Booth Jr., uh, rookie cornerback we drafted. Lewis Seen, uh, a third safety that we drafted. And then, of course, uh, the signings of Jordan Hicks at inside linebacker to pair along with uh, Eric Kendricks, who's you know always been a top-shelf player on our defense since he's been here. So, Yeah, and like you guys said, it can't get much worse. So I'd assume your defense is going to be 
a little bit better this year. So Zadarius Smith, I know a lot of Packer fans are like, whatever, like see him out the door. But I think he's going to have a little gas to get back at the Packers that those guys usually do when they become traders of ours and head head over and play in, play in Minnesota. In my opinion, it's going to be really interesting to see how quickly this new scheme can gel over here in Minnesota. It, I mean, we haven't ran a 3-4 defense since the, the 80s. You know, um, and I, I thought that was odd because, yeah, I was doing a little digging, and I guess maybe I just don't pay attention that well, but I was like, st- they still hadn't switched to the 3-4 yet. So and you be- know what? I don't think it's going to be so much of a 3-4 as more of a multiple set defense. I think Donatello's going to call different formations as he sees it as the game rolls on. Um, I don't think it's going to be three, four constantly. I think you're going to see different personnel on different plays and uh, different packages as well. And I think with uh, Harrison, wow, I'm escaping my name, Harrison Smith, uh, safety. uh, When you got a guy that good at safety, it just allows for your defense to give you so many different looks up front because the year the Packers ran ran the table and went to the Super Bowl 10-11, with Nick Collins back there, it was just so nice to be able to just have so many looks. And when you got a safety of that caliber, I mean, it just opens up your defense to not allow teams to let – to know where your pressure is going to be coming from. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to be very advantageous. It can make your defense maybe not – jump to great right away, but maybe they can jump to opportunistic and like right. be like one of those bears teams that has the luckiest picks and stuff ever. But I'm hoping a lot of the guys that we do have on defense have high enough IQ as far as football goes to make the transition as smooth as possible, you know? So, and then, you know, at the end of the day, if you played football, you played football your entire life, you, it shouldn't be, that difficult to make the transition to a different defense. Yeah. And I think it's like a fun change too. like, I think, I mean, I was not much of a football player in my day, but like just the like opportunities of bringing different pressures and stuff is just fun and engaging. Exactly. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think guys will have a hard time picking that up when they're like, Whoa, I get cooler stuff, cooler uh, jobs, different looks. Yep. Yeah. And there's one thing with uh, just hitting back on the safeties quick. Um, You know, we, we drafted Lewis seen in the first round to be our second starting safety. Well, Cameron Bynum, who was at one of the backups last year played so well in preseason, he's actually starting the season as the number two safety alongside Harrison Smith. So one thing we've been, they've been talking about doing a bunch of is actually, you know, when, when they go to like a nickel look, they'll run the big nickel with all three of the safeties out there which is going to allow – and Lewis Seen is probably as heavy of a hitter as Harrison Smith is, so that gives us two guys that are, could possibly be coming from anywhere on the field. So I'm excited to see what different looks and stuff that Donatel starts throwing out there. So Yeah, and that stuff's fun to watch too, so that might be a treat for you guys if, if that nickel works out the way it sounds like it could. All right. I don't know how bad your guys' woes on special teams were last year, but I mean, if you paid attention to the Packers season at all, you know, uh, that's the one thing we need to see a huge change on. But 
how do, how do you like you guys as a special teams last year? And how do you think they're going to look this year? Well, I mean, we've, we actually had fairly significant changes on there. Uh, Greg Joseph is still our kicker. Um, He's in the zone, by the way, as far as kickers go, this pre this off season, he's in the zone. He's not missing nothing. So, uh, We'll keep our eyes on that. You know how kickers go here in Minnesota. So, oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I've very much enjoyed watching kickers kick for Minnesota. So the, the last <laughs> kicker, the last kicker we had that didn't give us kicker PTSD was Ryan Longwell when he yeah. came over here. So. Right? Yeah, I agree um, with that. But we were we had a punting competition going on during training camp. Uh, Jordan Berry, who we had last year, and then rookie Ryan Wright that came in, and it came down to the point. They were supposed to have a punt off the last preseason game against Denver, but Wright showed enough in practice where they let Barry go before that final game. And uh, I mean, the dude responded by kicking, what was it? A 78 yard punt. I think it was. And that it was nuts in that uh, Denver game. And it had another one. It was, it was like 61. Um, Plus the dude is huge. He's like he's like six three two fifty. I mean he's built like a linebacker. I like to call him Big Gravy. He's a big dude at punter, so it's kind of cool to see. And then they made him switch it. He was number sixty six in the NFL. So now, uh, none of that funness. Oh, you can't have too much fun, right? The no fun league, you know. You now, God God forbid, you let a punter wear sixty six. So yeah. Yeah, uh, but then on the return game, of course, uh, this does have, concern me. We have Kane Wangwu, uh, our one of our backup running backs. Not the, not the kick returns, excuse me. Right, but you know, last year in his rookie year, he returned two kicks for touchdowns. I mean, the guy Lance and I were down at training camp last year watching this guy as a rookie, and he's the only player I've ever seen that doesn't slow down when he makes a corner. When he cuts, yeah. He, he, he can just – he's cutting, he's gone right away. It's not – there's no hesitation or anything there. So Smooth. Nice. He's, uh, he's got the potential there. Then the, the punt returning stuff we were having issues with, the biggest yes. reason why we cut Amir Smith-Marset, um, he had he was supposed to be our punt returner this year, but uh, muffed a couple of kicks in the preseason there and had a fumble. So then – you know, Jalen Rager steps right in as our lead punt returner, so uh, that should hopefully be an upgrade there. But with with uh, whispers of Smith Marset also having character concerns, but that was just in the rumor mill as well. So, gotcha. All right, so we will wrap this up. So my last couple questions here. So who's winning the NFC? Oh, Mike's got something here. A Packers versus Vikings question for Week One here. What's the Vikings' path? to a win here. I guess the, the biggest thing is going to be how will the defense, you know, is the defense ready to show up? Um, you know, you guys not having Devonte Adams anymore helps us out a little bit, of course, but um, I mean, we all know Aaron Rodgers. We know how good he is. We know that he can make wide receivers that are not really well known come out and have big games. Um, I'm hearing good things about Dobbs over there. Yep. Oh, and I'm, I've always been real big on Christian Watson. I'm an NDSU alum, so I've watched every game that kid played in college. And uh, he's got speed. He's got. I was pissed when we traded that pick away, and you guys got Watson. I wanted Watson really bad. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the biggest thing is 
you know, how is this new look defense gonna going to be? I'm not real concerned about the offense because you know all, right. the, all the weapons we've got and with Kevin O'Connell coming in, you know, you, you're going to see an offense probably a real similar to what you guys run, you know, being LaFleur was the offensive coordinator before okay. O'Connell was with the Rams, you know? So uh, if the defense can hold their ground, then we should have a pretty good shot at this. I think. Yeah. I think the spreads two and a half right now, uh, which basically there. makes it a wash basically at that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well toss up. Mike, you got any more? Nope. So I just no. want to see where, where they thought needed to improve in order to get a win this week. Yeah. No, and yeah, I, I might have blew past that. So that being said, so week one, who who do you guys got then? I'll let you if go our defense shows up that day, we take it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm of course I'm gonna pick us to win this. I mean, it it seems like you got we split between the two of us every year. It's usually home and home, but I think we we'll get this game. It's going to be close, you know, uh, 27, 24, 31, 27, something like that. You know, it, it'll us be being a one, at home helps a lot. Yep. U.S. Bank's going to be rocking. And I think, you know, that'll be enough to kind of put us over the top with this new stuff. So uh, it'll be a one score game. And I think, of course, you know, of course, I'm going to say we're going to squeak it out just because, but. Yeah, you gave a more honest answer than I would. I, I'm saying uh, Packers by 10. <laughs> yeah, uh, Packers win at least a touchdown, right? So, we like like we said, we are homers. Yeah. Yeah. We are too over here. Yeah, you know? I mean, we, we, we don't want to be homers. You know, we want to call it like it is as well, but it's it's hard not to root for your home team. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, we've, we've been called out on our show before. We had We actually had the dad of one of our – former players that apparently was watching our show and we were a little critical of his son. And he told us that we should uh, quit doing football podcasts and stick to uh, reviewing Chinese buffets. So. <laughs> Dang. See, that's, that's how you know. Dad. Yeah. That's how you know you guys are getting somewhere though. You get some criticism. Like we, we, we still, we still haven't got to that point too much. I mean, yes, my friends have called us out for being a little too one-sided, but but yeah, you guys had an actual play, someone affiliated with a player reach out to you. That's sweet. So you're doing something right. That's how you know that. Well, that's we're trying, and that's what we figure. You know what? When you start getting people ripping you for stuff, then you are at least getting a hint that you might be on your way to something there. Yeah. Um. All right. So who's winning the NFC North then? Vikings. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say it, us again too. There again. It's going to, it'll be down. I don't think we're, you know, whichever way it ends up, whether it's you guys or whether it's us, I don't think either one of us is going to run away with it. It'll be, you know, game, game and a half, something like that. I don't want to sleep on Detroit this year either. I think they're going to be much improved. I mean, they're not, I don't think they're going to be battling either one of us to win the division, but I think they're probably a seven, eight win team this year. They're going to be scrapped. Yeah. They, they yeah. got to be. But, and then the bear, the bears are going to be a raging dumpster fire. So. Yeah. So two easy wins this year, but yeah. And we did our, uh, we did a episode with all of our picks and stuff. And I think all three of us had the Vikings in the playoffs. So, yeah. So, I mean, we, I, we're aware, we're aware it's going to be a fight this year and it's going to be a fun one to watch. 
Yeah, it's not going to be your same old Vikings as it has been in the last five to ten years. So it's going to be trying, interesting to see. I'm trying to think if we could put some kind of friendly wager on this thing. Do you guys have any uh, merchandise or anything? Not yet. We're we're working on that, but we haven't quite got to that point yet. So, all right. So, would you be willing? So, if uh, if the Vikings win the division, we'll wear a Vikings uncensored shirt. If you guys come up with it, we could make but, that work. And then we'll send you a banging on the drum shirt. Yours is a little more on the nose. Like our shirts are a little. If people didn't know, so it wouldn't. You'd be like, "What's banging on the drum?" They're like, "Oh no, these dorks that." talk about fantasy football sometimes so but yeah no i we can do that yeah all right let's get it done so if uh the vikings win the north so we don't even have to worry about this mike um <laughs> we, we gotta wear vikings uncensored stuff and, <laughs> and and if you and if the packers win the north we'll send you guys uh banging on the drum shirt and what do you think? Just record one podcast in the in the opposing yeah, shirt. I think I think that's fair. The you know okay. we'll either way whether it's a joint it's, podcast if we can work that out. Say that again. Maybe it could be another joint podcast if we could work that out. Sweet, yeah, yeah. That that would be great. Yeah, that'd be cool. If we can get the the video for this, we pop this on our our Facebook page as well for just to plug it. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll send, I'll send you the video. So thank you guys so much for coming on. That was great stuff. You guys definitely know your shit. And like I said, I did listen to an episode, tried to do a little research and I think you guys are on your way. You definitely are doing some good things. And I might ask you guys some questions here because we're still uh, waiting through the water, but like I said, any, I mean, anything we can do to help, you know, a fellow podcast grow and do stuff you know we're more than willing to help out what we can you know if stuff is good for us stuff that hasn't it's yeah i mean that's the thing you know this kind of media to me is where the future this lies because guys like you guys like us we aren't beholden to the team or anything like that so and and, your minds that's what we do like to do on our show is you know we'll call out who deserves to be called out the week with praise, who deserves to be praised. You know, it's, that's why we call ourselves uncensored because we're, you know, we're not, uh, we're not going to pull any punches when it comes to this stuff. And we try to be as real as we can. So. Hey, you guys, I thought it was uncensored because we were going to be hearing a lot of F-bombs and stuff. Well, but, uh, it was I, a pretty I've clean episode. Over the, 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 the past year or so. Yeah, if you go back and listen to some of our earlier podcasts, uh, my co-host down there uh, tended to drop more F-bombs than a uh, drunken sailor on shore leaves. So. Oh, that's our mic. Vince and I would get along real well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So thanks again, and and we'll see you guys before the end of the season wearing some uh, banging on the drum shirts, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, we'll see you before the end of the season. To, to Rhino. <laughs> pop the video feed over to Rhino when you get a chance. Will do. All right. All right. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. We appreciate you having us on. Have a good one. All right. Well, you heard how Lance and Rhino think the game is going to go. Now Mike is going to tell you how he thinks that Packer game is going to go, if we didn't already. Yeah, I don't think we did. I didn't actually. So I think that uh, the game is going to be, yeah, maybe in the – 
interview I did, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think for the most part, if we get defensive stops, there's no way that the Vikings can beat us. I don't think their defense has made any real positive strides. They obviously drafted some guys. They obviously tried to pick some guys up. They have Zadarius Smith on that team. Um, they tried to make some moves, but I don't have any faith that their defense can stop our offense, even with the de- diminished wide receiving room. Uh, I think the Packers win 31-20. I like that pick. Um, and I like it for all the reasons that you said. Like, I don't think the Packers are going to come out flat like they've came out in week one last year. Um, I was there for that shit. That sucked. But, but yeah, I, I just think we had that happen to us last year. We're not going to have it happen to us again. I do think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission. I think his mission is to get two Super Bowls and then ride off into the sunset. I think he wants to pull a John Elway with all the numbers, all the stats. Let's go do ayahuasca in Costa Rica and and live our life and just show everybody. So I know I don't have the greatest reasoning behind that first game, but I, I, I definitely think there's a mission to be had and I didn't, I don't think I said it when we had letting Mike cook on the Packers, but I mean, obviously every year that Aaron Rodgers is there on out is Super Bowl or bust. So I'm going to assume Super Bowl because I'll never assume bust, depending on what that special teams does. But that being said, we are going to roll into our picks. And Mike, we are going to try to do our picks in, let's say, less than 10 minutes, six minutes, six minutes. 15, but that's okay. Less than 15 minutes. So, might not have the We just won't like analyze it. We'll just do it. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to throw Riley's in there too. Yeah. So, I will start with Riley's every time. So Riley's not here today, but he did send us his picks. And just a heads up, if you're still listening at this point. So Riley has kind of did a side project where he's on more of a betting show as well. So check that out. It is Betters Anonymous with a guy we brought on. Uh, Walker. So Walker, Walker, Indiana Gambler. Yep. The Walker, the Indiana Gambler. They started their show. Um, if you're into it for the betting stuff and not all the bullshit that we throw in there as well, I'm here for the bullshit. So I'm not, uh, yeah, me too, I think, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like they're going to be putting on a show that is mainly gambling oriented. And I listened to the first episode enjoyed it so obviously it was their first episode so they're only going to be getting better so check out gamblers anonymous with walker and riley and he's been putting in some work on that so so give them a listen um 
And yeah, we'll roll into it. So Riley's a professional gambler now, and we have Buffalo minus two and a half at the Rams. I know if you're listening to this, this game has already happened. And I actually have to look at the score because it was 31-10, I think. And Buffalo yeah. is just whooping some ass on there. So you'll see I am the first one to get one wrong already this year. So, so I think, to be fair, I get this wrong because I was about four minutes late after the game started when I texted Pat who I was going to take. No, no, you're good. That's on me. I, I was you- not looking. I, I can, like, promise that, but I definitely was not. Yeah, no. So, so, and I didn't explain this one that good. So we are going to be putting a hundred bing bongs on every game. If we lose, we lose 110. The loser at the end of the season has to do an egregious bet. Um, We're going to kick it around for another week just because this has been a busy week for all of us, but I'm thinking it's between shitting their pants on camera or getting a tattoo so you could pick your poison um one of those two things but but like i said you get 100 bing bongs if you win you lose 110 if you lose and we do have double dogs in a double dog is when you pick a underdog to win outright so if you get the double dog right you get 200 bing bongs so and if you lose you lose 110 so it doesn't have like the same weighted effect in the negative way as it does in the positive way so you only get one though all right and i'm definitely not making the rams my double dog (laughs) probably good move all right Um, did you think about making the rams your double dog I kind of was because I saw, I wasn't going to, but I did see that they, uh, the point swung to like a one point thing. So I thought like Vegas knew something I didn't. Yeah. So like, I was like, what's going on? And then I realized the site that I was looking at for lines was way off of all the other lines that I was looking at. So so then I had to go like change all the lines in this doc. But anyways, let's roll. We have 10 minutes left now. I wasted five minutes talking about shit. All right. So Mike picked Buffalo. Riley picked Buffalo. I'm going to let Mike lead off this one. So we have New Orleans minus five and a half versus Atlanta. Who do you got? All right. So I got uh, New Orleans. Riley has New Orleans. All right. Just to fade you guys, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Now Mike put all of his picks in there, so I don't know how skewed my picks are going to be. But next game, I will lead off. We have San Francisco minus 6.5 at Chicago. I'm going to take San Francisco because I think they're a good team. Um, and I think the Vikings, or, well, the Bears are just a dog chick team. Who you got, Mike? Yeah, so Riley and I are both on board. We're going with San Francisco. So that's a triple stamp right there. So that can't lose. So when we yeah, triple. So, yeah, look out for that game right there. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah. So when we triple stamp a game, it's a guarantee. That means put all of the money that you have in your betting allowance 
on that game right there. So San Francisco at Chicago minus six. (laughs) I think we lost most of our triple stamps last year. Yeah, no. And I don't feel like going back and doing the numbers, but I think you're probably right. I do think we came out to around 500, but that as a record and I don't know. So they would have probably lost you like a hundred bucks if you picked our our double or triple stamps last year. Let's just remember you can't triple stamp a double stamp. Yep, never triple stamp them, but double stamp. You just can't do it. So next game we have is Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is minus six and a half. There and Riley takes Cincinnati. Mike, who do you got? I'm taking Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that Cincinnati gets everybody's toughest game. They think they're great, and Pittsburgh is going to drag it back a little bit. I think I should have done my picks before this, but I kind of have a soft spot for Pittsburgh for some reason. And if the game was in Pittsburgh, I know the line wouldn't be the same. I think I would take them. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I'm just going to juke you guys out. I was going to make you think I was taking Cincinnati. So I'm going to try to not look at their picks. I appreciate that their picks are in there, though. So next game we have, we have Philly minus four versus Detroit. I think Philly is going to be a fairly solid team this year. I'm going to go with Philly. I think Detroit is scrappy, but I'll pass the ball to Mike. Riley's taking Philly as well. Uh, I'm taking Detroit. I think that Detroit, they're going to have the same type of start to their season as they did last year. A lot of really close games. All right. Next game we got on the docket is New England versus Miami. And Miami is minus three and a half at home. Riley is going to take New England plus three and a half. Who you got, Mike? I'm taking Miami. I'm taking Miami as well because I think it's the opening week of the season. I think people are still seeing, ooh, New England versus Miami. Like, New England's going to stay in that game. But I do think Miami is going to be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the season. I did not give them a playoff spot, but we'll move on. Uh, Next game we have is Baltimore minus seven at the Jets. And I think that's going to be another triple stamp because I just don't see where the Jets got too much better. And I think Baltimore can dominate that game running ball. Yep. Riley and I are on the same boat. Baltimore, Baltimore for us. All right. So rolling it back, Jacksonville versus Washington. Washington is two and a half or minus two and a half at home. Riley takes Jacksonville. What you got, Mike? So I'm going to take Washington. I'm going to take Carson Wentz early in the season. Then not I poop. I have no idea why. Yeah. No. If you had to stamp a shit burger of a game, I would say yeah, this, this is, one's this this is the worst game of the week. I'm going to go with Washington as well, but I was halfway planning on giving Jacksonville my double dog right there. So here's, here's where you're going to see Mike have a double dog is when you have. I don't, Cliff, this is, you can't do a double dog. There is no dog. Settle down. 
Yeah, but this is what I am going to take like a one point game or something. Yeah, wrong. All right, so we have Cleveland versus Carolina at Carolina. It is a pick'em, and I just, yeah, I guess. So Riley goes Carolina. Mike, what do you got? I'm going Carolina as well. Nope, nope. I'm going to switch mine to Cleveland. I think. All right, I got you. I got. So Mike switched from Carolina to Cleveland. I think he's because he saw me switch uh, Carolina in there. But I actually think that Carolina is going to have a tough time with Cleveland's defense. I think Cleveland's defense is pretty good. Okay. And my only reason behind the game was Baker Mayfield's going to be out for blood against his own team. So they might be out for his blood. Trying to kill him. That is true. So next game we got is Indy minus seven versus Houston. Yeah, uh, Riley Riley and I are both on Indianapolis. Uh, I do like Davis Mills. I think that he's a positive player. I just don't think Houston's there yet. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Mike's Mike's a big Davis Mills is going to be the best guy. Rookie quarter. Well, I guess he's not a rookie quarterback out of that class. Yeah, best quarterback out of that class. I still think it's Mr. Mac Jones, Mike's worst enemy, but whatever. We won't get into that right now. Uh, Next game we have is the New York Giants versus Tennessee, and Tennessee is minus five and a half. And I am going to go with Tennessee. Minus five and a half. Yeah, so I'm on Tennessee as well, and Riley is going to take the Giants. Um, I like the Giants this year. I think that they they can't be as bad as they were last year, but I think Tennessee is good. Yeah, and normally, especially so, with Henry being back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mike, Mike was optimistic with the Giants winning the nfc east but yeah tennessee can just dominate that game just running the ball so i don't know i i need to see see the giants before i believe the giants and i just don't don't see that really so i'm going to take tennessee i think i already said it but normally this is the game we would save for last but out of last minute playing we're just going to keep it rolling and we have Green Bay minus one and a half at Minnesota. And I'm going to let Mike lead it off. Uh, easy. It's Green Bay. I got Green Bay as well, but we do have one, one Minnesota pick and Riley picked Minnesota. But you guys kind of got to remember that he's somewhat of a Minnesota fan. <laughs> so keep that. Keep that. And send him hateful things on Twitter. Yes, for sure. Um, next game we have is Kansas City minus six at Arizona. And Mike, lead it off. So I'm taking Kansas City. Riley is going to take Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona as well. And I, I'm just taking them to cover. I think Kansas City is going to win that game, but I'm hoping it's going to be close. So next game we have is Las Vegas at the Chargers, 
And Las Vegas is plus four. That's weird that that was the only one I put in that was plus instead of minus. But anyways, I am going to go with the Chargers. And that's all I'm going to say about it. I think that division's scrappy. So so I'm taking the the Raiders. Riley's taking the Chargers. Uh, For my personal opinion is the Chargers haven't proven anything to me yet. The Raiders at least made the playoffs last year. There you go. And they upgraded their wide receiver. Devontae Adams is okay. There we go. Um, But, yeah, and we talked about it in the last episode, that that division is going to be a dogfight. Everybody knows that that division is going to be a dogfight. So then we go to the Sunday night game where Tampa is minus two and a half at Dallas. Which I think the line's funky in that one, but what do you got, Mike? So uh, Ryland and I are going to sit on Tampa Bay. Where are you at, Pat? I am going to go with Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be a decent team this year. I did not pick them to win the NFC East, but I kind of was very much on the fence with Dallas and the Eagles in the NFC East. And then the last game, the Monday night game, Denver is minus six at Seattle. And I will lead off. I'm going to go Denver. Riley's going to go Denver as well. And who you got, Mike? I'm going Seattle. I think that uh, Pete Carroll figures out a way to keep it close, especially in Seattle with the 12th man there. That's going to affect Russell to get booed like a crazy person. That's a good point. That That is like a good – because he acts like such a unfrazzable guy, but I think that's because he is very able to be frazzled. So, and I think that like he predicates a lot of his stuff on like being super positive and like never being negative. And so when – I don't think there's like a lot of places that boo him relentlessly there might be a few but i think for the most part like they're like ah he's not a terrible human seattle's gonna think he's a terrible human. oh yeah and in their defense i think like kind of the way he left him them wasn't wasn't quite the way to to do that but so but, i don't understand why you leave instead like i don't get why he leaves right Maybe it's the offensive line stuff, but yeah, I don't know. Like you have two Pro Bowl wide receivers on your team, Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I mean, I think there's a lot of behind the scenes to that one. But anyways, that will be our show for the week. Thank you for listening. If you listened this long, it's probably still a great day in West Central Wisconsin, but. Like always, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We love you guys. Appreciate the support. We're going to keep trying to get better. That's all I got. So, Mike, what do you got? You know, uh, download it, do your thing, subscribe. We appreciate it. We appreciate all you guys listening. A couple of guys reached out to me saying they were still listening. Like, I was a little bit surprised. So, thank you, guys. Like Pat said, we love you. 
Yeah. Uh, no. Downloading on all your devices that you can think of. And I, and I forgot, we got to give Omar a shout out earlier in an episode because he still emails us every once in a while. And uh, yes. he gave us his picks. So that was pretty cool. Yep. Omar, you're the man. Keep listening. Yeah. So, yes, that's all we got. Thank you. And then if any of you suckers are doubting the Packers, especially the Badgers, the Brewers, I might almost be on board with you, but I, I might be eating your shorts if you doubt the Brewers. The Bucks definitely don't doubt the Bucks because if you doubt the Bucks or the Packers or the Brewers or the Badgers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.